Pill Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loizel. And with me today, after doing that wonderful, <laughs> like, you spliced that so perfectly. Knocked it out of the park again, again. <laughs> Who are you? Mark Salcedo. Did I say that right? Salcedo. Salcedo. Managing editor and writer at ScreenGeek. Um, you know what that intro reminds me of? Now mm. that I think about it, what? Um, the the castles in Mario. Oh, the <laughs> the sound, <laughs> the music. I can, I can, I can hear that. That's where John. That's where the Mario Brothers uh, or the creator of Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers, probably stole it from. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey. What? A dog. It's still warm. Okay. That's my quote for That's today. your quote? A dog. It's still warm. <laughs> that's so random. <laughs> Bracket. I think that's one of the cops. A dog. It's still warm. <laughs> <sighs> you just, you're just caring less and less. No, I'm not. We gotta be professional. No, about you're this. just getting more and more rigid. I, you look, look. I'm expecting the best from you, and if I can't get the best, then I'll have to find the best. Because I don't know be- anyone named Bess. I don't either. So I guess you're stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry <laughs> to tell you. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal to ease in real. You can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. You know what? Yeah, we have a Facebook <laughs> we have a Facebook group and everything and a Facebook page. Thinking about getting rid of that. I know you said that last to me, I think last week. I know, but I'm thinking about just maybe getting a TikTok now. But, like, it'll be us just wearing masks, though. Really? <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> like Daft Punk? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the da- the Daft Punk of movie review podcasts. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Um, also, mm. Erica still listens. Does she? Mm-hmm. She told me, she was like, I was about to ask you when's the next episode, and then it dropped on, like... She just noticed it, like, last week. You know, the funny thing is, I, I, I no lie, I actually thought about her as we're prepping to record i was like well kelsey doesn't work there anymore i wonder if erica is just gonna be like oh fuck him i'm not gonna listen to him anymore oh no she's like i'm totally a fan <laughs> she was she was like when she was still in the office she's like sometimes i listen and i'm like she's sitting over there oh my god <laughs> like, like a she fan say that to? herself <sighs> <sighs> thanks erica <laughs> look i like her because she's weird like me okay Anyways, if you could review us on any of your podcast catchers that you listen to our show on, mm. um, 
we would be grateful, but not in your debt, because fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) We're already in debt. (laughs) Um, Our segments this week are our recent review of Halloween Ends, Variety Time, The Legend of Halloween 6, I wouldn't so much call it a legend, but to each his own. Um, <laughs> the geriatric cinematic of Halloween, 1978, and the Turpic. Sorry, I was getting my stuff ready. <laughs> the Turpic for this week is the shape is back to reshape shit one more time. Mm. I, th- I think that one is is a uh, an un- unintentional double meaning. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Correct, Mundo. Um, so I had an anxiety, a, a, a panic attack today. Yeah. It was awesome. It was so awesome. Mm. It was truly awesome. I fucking love it. Especially when I'm driving to work. Greatest feeling in the world. Uh, very hard for me to hold on to the wheel. Uh, were you crying? I wasn't crying, but I kept visualizing myself bashing my head against the window. Mm. Um, Sometimes when I have an anxiety attack, mm-hmm. I visualize myself crying and I can't cry. Because you're wasting all your time visualizing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the weirdest, something happened that actually made me really worry about it. Um, uh, Kelsey, you remember when I would, I would be able to tell I'm having an anxiety attack and it would be like my vision turns. Like, because I wear glasses. For the folks who don't know, I wear glasses just, just to see now. Um, for some reason, when I would have an anxiety attack, my vision would turn like 2020, like mm-hmm. completely clear. I can just see just perfect and everything. I, and, and that's how I kind of like, I keep thinking, okay, it's an anxiety attack or am I just nervous? Like, what is it? Let me make sure what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. So I took off my glasses. Guess what? My vision got worse. <laughs> hey, I think they should, um, I think they could market anxiety as a. A remedy for bad eyesight. That's what, I, <laughs> and I remember. I remember talking to a therapist about this before. He goes, "Yeah, it, that is a possibility because your senses are t- are heightened, so it is a possibility that you do get twenty twenty vision, like from having an anxiety attack." Mm-hmm. Or I'm not saying that happens to everybody. It was happening to me, but now it seems like my vision's gotten a lot worse. It's like actually, I think I, I think I'm still like coming. I know actually I know I'm still coming down off of it because I can't I can't not wear my glasses now. Mm. Like period. Like even as I'm sitting here with my monitors and everything like that, normally I could look at it just fine. But it's kind of a it's kinda of giving me a headache not wearing my glasses now. So is that why you're worried? Because that's different than what you normally experience with your eyesight when you have an anxiety attack? Yeah, it made me worry even worse because I was driving. So I was thinking, like, crap, is it going to, like, is my vision going to get so worse that my glasses aren't even going to be able to, like, allow me to see? Mm. And holy shit, am I going to have to, like, pull over and, like, figure out how to get home? Mm. Uh, fortunately, it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't get to that. Uh, I was able to make it somewhere safely. I was thinking about this the other day. An anxiety attack? No. What? A mode of travel. Okay. Where you have a skateboard mm. that has a magnet in front of it okay. and it can follow a car based on the magnetism but when the, when the like how you, you gotta have you gotta have the placement of the magnet just right otherwise it's just gonna like 
shoot up and like throw the person off the board and then like magnetize against the car. Movie magic. Because <laughs> that's how real life is. Movie magic. Yeah. I wish that were true. Anyways, you could have just invented a magnet. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> skateboard so you could have made it home safely. <laughs> yeah, just like right. <laughs> that's where my mind went. It definitely wasn't <laughs> like, let me worry about my friend, you know, telling him, oh, you could have called me. Like, no, just fucking invent, invent a magnet ma- skateboard. <laughs> And you know, hitch a ride home with all the traffic that we you know see what? On the if that if if that was the case, then all my problems would be solved because I would have no more money issues. Oh yeah, because of gas. Yeah, just well, you probably propulsion. have to pay like a higher insurance premium though. <laughs> no, not me. Like no, I would just patent the product and then sell it off. Oh okay. And then make like a good couple billion dollars, and that's it. Mm. That's all I need. Couple. I don't need that. A couple billion? I don't need more than that. Just a couple billion. (laughs) We'll get through just fine. Yeah, the way inflation is, you probably won't make it to (laughs) retirement on that. I know. I'll make it like two years. (laughs) And I'm like, shit. All right. Magnet. Magnet. Bikes. (laughs) (laughs) Magnet. Roller skates. (laughs) (laughs) Magnet. uh, Wagon. Wagon. No, I was about to say, what was I going to say? Knee pads. Knee pads. <laughs> just like put, just picture yourself with magnet knee pads right and it pulls you like <laughs> all i'm thinking is magnet knee pads and it just basically they're ripping the rug out from under your feet that's what it's like like it'll grab no. your knees so hard that it breaks your legs and then you fall backwards and hit your head on the floor no no that's why you wear it you wear it in the middle of the street so you can kind of like magnetize yourself to, towards the car and it just like bends your knees and like, oh, like you just drag yourself away like, oh. How about a magnet fanny pack? Oh, hell no. Because then that shit will pull you and crack your back. Oh, I can feel back pain just from, from that right there. You're the only one who would think that that's worse I'm, than breaking your knees. Yeah. Because I have back issues. Look, you, would you rather have back issues or not able to walk? When you have back issues, it kind of it it gets to that point. Somewhat, but you can come <laughs> back from it. You can't come back from broken knees. That's true. I really, I, I thought I thought you were gonna ask, what would you rather have, back issues or knee issues? I'm like, I have both. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, that's enough about all this knee, the knee bag magnet shit. Thanks for thanks for your concern. <laughs> the knee bag magnet. Yeah, the, the knee bag magnet shit. <laughs> Knee bag magnet anxiety shit. <laughs> what do we got? I dare you to try to put all those words together. Okay, all right, all right. Knee bag magnet anxiety. So nag magxiety. <laughs> wait, <laughs> nabagsy. <laughs> you sound like you're drunk and trying to say Banksy. And, uh, oh, that artist in the bagsy. <laughs> I love his work. Especially the stuff he does with elephants. It's great. <laughs> hey. Hmm. A dog. It's still warm. <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to name the podcast <laughs> That's going to be the name of the episode. A dog. It's still warm. <laughs> um, all right. What are we... Let's, let's get this shit over. Where are we going? Where are we going? What are we doing? Right now, in real time, wherever you are, in your time zone, 
right now. Mm-hmm. Not later. Right now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. A recent review of Halloween Ends. It's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace. Hello. just obsessed with death what are you gonna do when michael comes back for you because he is coming but this time something feels different he's more dangerous the synopsis is the saga of michael myers and laurie strode comes to a spine-chilling climax in this final installment of the trilogy (laughs) trilogy directed by david gordon green (laughs) written by paul brad logan Chris Bernier, David Mc, uh, Danny McBride, and David Gordon Green. Stars, Jamie Lee Curtis, Andy Matichak, um, James Jude Courtney, Rohan Campbell, and Will Patton. <laughs> Andy Matichak sounds like my stepmother's last name of Matichuk. Matichak. Matichuk. Maybe it's Matichuk. Maybe it is. <laughs> Maybe you're supposed to say it made a Chuck. You know what? One time, I uh, I knew a guy named Chuck, mm-hmm. and he was running late, right, mm-hmm. to like a meetup point, mm-hmm. but he made it. So I was like, hey, you made it, Chuck. Let's find it. There you go. <laughs> All right, so Halloween ends. The thrilling spine-chilling climax of the Halloween trilogy directed by David Gordon Green produced by Blumhouse Mm. uh, Pictures. And like three other 14 other production companies. (laughs) I know. I saw that. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Um, All right. Overall thoughts. Kelsey, what did you think of this movie? Overarching thought? Or overall thoughts, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, nothing special. Nothing special. Okay. I've heard a comparison to this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was Jeff Kanata from the film cast said, this is the rise of Skywalker in the, in the trilogy of Halloween movies. And I can, I can kind of sympathize with that. I don't think it's that bad. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I say. Kind of. It's not that bad. To me, it's not that bad, but it's it's kind of like to me, it's like really this is how we're ending like the Halloween franchise. Well, with this particular Halloween franchise, I mean, for me, it 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 ends as bland as it started. Whatever. Yeah, but like when you're selling it, when you're selling this movie, I, I mean, not, I mean, you're not just selling this movie; you're selling like the book end of this trilogy, right? Which Kelsey and I we. We went through the the David Gordon Green trilogy of Halloween films. We went the Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends, right? Um, and it like progressively gets worse. 
Like even even the Halloween night 2018 was like kind of all right. I enjoyed it for what it was, um, especially like the last third of the movie. Mm. But like, like I said, Halloween Kills is like it has cool kills, but it's a bad movie. This one, it's like this is how you're gonna end this trilogy. Like this is like the the, the supposedly the definitive end to the Michael Myers and Laurie Strode story. Mm. And it kind of I don't want to say. I can't say it breaks my heart because I'm not a huge fan of the Halloween franchise. That's what I'm saying. It's it, to me, it just can't be the Rise of Skywalker of mm. the Halloween trilogy, just because it. There's no way it evokes the same response. Mm, okay. That's all. Gotcha. Um, anything? Okay. Before. Before we, because we're gonna, we're gonna talk shit about this movie. Is there anything about this movie that you did like? Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay. Um, after all these years, she's still the scream queen. True, true, true. Um, I think it's funny. I think I saw you comment on somebody else's post that um, someone else found the um. Corey character attractive oh yeah i said yeah it was uh this dude i know from the nerdist i did he said that he found the Corey character like sexy as hell and i was just like you nasty <laughs> and i thought that was funny because he is kind of cute he is kind of cute but he kind of reminds he, me of uh that what's his name um from hugh dancy oh i can see that a little bit. I can see that. Like, they might be related or something. Yeah, I can see that. Hmm. Um, Does it make you like them a little more? No, I just don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, okay, so what, what about uh, what about Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie that you did enjoy? I don't know what it is. Like, she has a presence. Mm-hmm. I Even though I felt like her character was written poorly. Yeah. Like, in this particular movie. Um, I think several of the characters are written poorly. Well, hers is the least poorly written. Okay. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, she... It doesn't matter. Like, her screen... Like, her presence makes such a big impact. Mm-hmm. And the way she acts. Like, she's... Yeah, she's written poorly, but I still enjoyed her her performance. Okay. Would you say that she was able to... Maybe somewhat carry the film, even though like yeah, oh yeah, yeah. she's she's the draw definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like, and I it's it's it, I I agree with you about the presence presence of Jamie Lee Curtis. So there's something about her that like kind of like attracts, you know, the viewer. It attracts it attracts me why why I want to watch these movies, um, but like it's. It's one of the things I find this movie so baffling is like it's kind of not a Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. It has like it has it has a couple of characters that was in the previous Halloween films. I say about three to four characters. No, no, I say about five characters, right? But like with the Halloween movies, like you invoke like the slasher genre, right? Which you do get that here, right? But there's like a certain type of slasher. Like you get you get uh, Friday Thirteenth slasher. You get Nightmare on Elm Street slasher, you get uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, slasher, slasher, slasher. But those are like definitive versions of like the slasher genre, right? Mm-hmm. In Halloween, you get that for like 15 minutes of the movie. Like the Halloween slasher. 
Yeah. Everything else is like, this is a complete, why is this in the movie? This is, this is another movie that should have been made. Okay. We're going to make comparisons, right? Okay. Since you said that you read some somewhere that someone was like, oh yeah, this is like the rising Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this is um, Godzilla. Which which one? Any of them. <laughs> okay, explain. Because you get 15 minutes of the thing that you want to oh. see. And <laughs> all this fucking story you don't give a shit about. Yeah, yeah. That's actually really angsty and like, like, I, like, ugh. <laughs> ugh. I like that review. <laughs> <laughs> I so I have I have I have something I, w- I really want to say about how people are comparing this to Halloween three season of the witch, um, and it's and it's 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 interesting because the first the first Halloween movie the I'm sorry okay so the 1978 one and then the 2018 one there's a lot of there's a lot to compare those to. Right. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, it's a it's a it's a direct sequel, but like the format and the way how it plays out, it's like okay, this is actually kind of Halloween again, redone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Halloween two, um, you get the whole hospital, the whole hospital uh, setup and everything. Well, Laurie Strode's in the hospital now, and Myers is trying to get her there, mm-hmm. right? And this, and then the second. In Halloween Kills, you kind of get the same thing. Lois is in the hospital, and Myers trying to get there, but Myers is like killing people along the way, right? Mm-hmm. And we get like the mob mentality and stuff like that, which you do get that in in Halloween too, right? Matter mm-hmm. of fact, you get that in like in Halloween four as well. Um, and some people are like trying to compare this to season of the season of the witch, as over time it's going to be understood as like a masterpiece. Like, you know how people like, well, like, for example, Halloween, Halloween three, season of the witch was at the time considered a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then f- fuck John Carver's the thing was considered a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then over time, people start reevaluating it, reevaluating it and rewatching it and being like, no, it's actually a good movie. I'm one of the people who actually really like Halloween three, season of the witch. Right. And I didn't grow. I didn't grow up watching it. I've watched like bits and pieces of it, but one day I was like, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it and write an article about it, right?" And mm-hmm. it's a I think it's a great hollow I think it's a great Halloween film. Just take the Halloween franchise away from it, mm. and it's a great film on its own, right? Yeah. Some people are already trying to compare, trying to say Halloween ends is gonna be misunderstood as a masterpiece. Okay. Mm. No. Right now, no. <laughs> okay, and I'm saying that now. Maybe I might change my mind later. I highly doubt it. But the reason why is because. This is supposed to be an ending of the Halloween franchise, right? It's a Halloween movie for 15 to 20 fucking minutes. Mm-hmm. That's not a Halloween movie. Like, you get the spiel of, like, Myers always lurking around the corner, how they're going to kill this person, stuff like that. You don't really get that in this fucking movie at all. You get this Corey character, played by Rohan Campbell, who, in another movie, I think he would have been better. Mm-hmm. But within this movie and what we're tra- we're trying to get the final confrontation between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers and stuff like that, like you're not you don't get that you get like suckered in. You know what I I this I hope that you get what I'm talking about when I say this. Okay. This film reminds me of if like The Walking Dead and Phantom of the Opera had a baby. You. <laughs> 
Okay, I, I need you. I need you to explain this. So you don't get it. <laughs> well, I think I can, but I'm I'm I've been known to get things wrong. Okay. So, and for and for the people who are listening, who are like, wait, what? <laughs> okay, so The Walking Dead. Obviously, okay. everyone knows what that is. Yeah, it's a zombie show. Yeah. Um, the whole part where it just seems like it's the same shit. Uh-huh. It just gets worse over time. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that, like the blood and gore, whatever, mm-hmm. though there's not nearly as enough of it in Halloween. In, in, in Halloween ends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the Phantom of the Opera because of um, the Corey character. Okay. And, and his involvement with the other character. Oh, I get what you're saying. Okay, okay, okay. Like how the, char- how the character Phantom of the Opera is really kind of hanging with the actual phantom of the opera and how the story kind of circles around that dude right Mm -hmm. okay i get you i totally get you all right yes (laughs) (laughs) and the thing is that's not supposed to be in a halloween movie Mm. like despite my feelings on the halloween franchise you know at least i know i'm watching a halloween movie you know like there's certain things that are significant with the halloween movies that make it that thing you know Mm-hmm. Not just the fact that I mean, the uh, one 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 key example is just even like just like the heavy breathing behind the mask and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So that's something about that it's like okay, that's Michael Myers breathing. Especially if you've watched these Halloween movies enough enough times, you can make that you can make that distinct difference. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the fact that like this Michael Michael Myers is supposed to be like this unstoppable killing force that it's like. They kind of go into explaining that in the previous movies that kind of leans towards the curse of Michael Myers, which, you know, I'll talk about that, you know, in a variety of time. But for all the like lack of a good movie that 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 story is, the concept is at least interesting Mm. about like the idea of evil and stuff like that. Right. This one kind of takes that and then barely goes like yeah this might be a possibility that he might be evil <laughs> like there might be someone under control before like it's like this transfer of evil kind of thing that like happens which makes like no fucking sense mm. and this trilogy if you're just ignoring the previous ones it makes no sense to be in here yeah um so hear me out on this i feel like I feel like if you swapped Halloween ends with Halloween and put Halloween with Halloween ends, I think you would have had a, a better cohesive storyline, a, a better through and through trilogy. If you just swap each swap the movies around. So which one would have to come first? This everything that happens in Halloween Halloween ends mm-hmm. that should have been in Halloween. It, it could have been because here's why. Oh, I get it. Here's why because when we get Halloween, we get Laurie Schrode, who's been prepared for this moment she's been loading up these guns she's been shooting she's been training for michael myers to come out of the asylum again so she can fucking kill him right Mm -hmm. okay cool right but like you had that in the first one and then the second one she's still kind of like that and then the third one not only is not only like we're gonna this is spoiled for our halloween kills if you're anybody who hasn't seen halloween kills this is a big spoiler at the end of the movie michael myers gets away Okay, and so with Halloween ends, four years have gone by. He still isn't captured. Okay, mm-hmm. now Laurie Strode is like, okay, cool. I'm just gonna move back into town and be like a happy-go-lucky grandma. 
Like, it's kind of like, wait, what happened to the badass, like, toting, like, shotgun-loading grandma from, like, the previous two movies? Yeah. You know, like, that's what I'm saying. If you just had just swapped these movies around, it would have made sense for her to be like that. Then, oh, Myers is back. Okay. Or not even, like, over the course of the movie where, like, she trains, but, like, maybe some type of reveal of, like, oh, she has been training this entire time. You Mm -hmm. know, over, like, these... 40 years or something like that she has been like loading up that gun so maybe she has like hiding spots around her kitchen exactly right and then that's how you could have got halloween into into halloween kills right and then you could have had that big spine chilling climax Mm. in halloween ends where it had been like oh fuck here's the massive confrontation and shit like that you know for the entire movie you know who's hunting who and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but instead you have like Two like, two like, pretty. I think the first Halloween's a great is a good lead up. Halloween Kills is like, you see the problems coming, but like it's still like okay, cool. They're like they're leading up to something, mm-hmm. and Halloween ends. They go like fuck. We're just gonna drop the ball on this now, yeah, and just have the characters act completely different the way other. Especially like even like the daughter Allison, she's in no way like how she she like it's like she learned nothing from the previous two movies at all. No, especially Halloween Kills. Yeah. Like, I'm, like, hopeful after that one. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, no, everyone's a piece of shit. All right, whatever. <laughs> Seriously. Um, I'm trying to think of anything I liked about Halloween Ends. Um, I like Frank. There wasn't enough of him. Oh, well, but I, but I like his. Um, I guess his his uh, connection to Laurie. Uh huh. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it was. I completely forgot about that. Almost completely, completely. I almost completely forgot about that fucking character. Me too. Till I saw his name in the docket, I was like, "Oh yeah, Frank." Yeah. Um. So I did like I did. I did, I did like Jimmy Lee Corr's presence. Um, that's not a whole like. There's not a whole lot I can say that I actually liked about this movie. Mm-mm. Um, I don't know. You want to get into the spoiler section because I'm just like I feel like I have a lot more to say, but now it's just, it's it's in the spoiler territory. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're gonna get into the spoiler section. We're gonna talk in great lengths uh, about Halloween ends. Uh, so for those who don't want to be spoiled, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. Hi. Hi. So. The Corey character. Mm. Um, okay. Now I think about it, I do kind of like how they toy with the idea of if everybody thinks you're a monster, are you a monster? Mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of did like that at the beginning, but. When they kind of brought into the whole, like that scene where like Meyer apparently Myers have been stuck in a in a in a sewers 
mm. for like four years. Which that's a, which I'm like okay, and not only is he sucking the sewers, he sucked between the walls. Yeah, which that doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-mm. Um, you know, he grabs the guy, he like locks eyes with him. You know, they look passionately, passionately in each other's eyes, wondering what's the next move, who's gonna make the move. And like the dude is like, okay, cool, I'm gonna start murdering people. Yeah, which that's like a huge fucking leap. I think so too. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, didn't really like the character to begin with. The Corey character. Yeah. Okay. He was a douchebag when he was babysitting, mm-hmm. which is like a big mistake, because I mean he wasn't that awful, but like you can tell he wasn't mature enough to like understand how to babysit. Yeah. And then the accident happens, and then you're supposed to feel sorry for him because he's so awkward now, and, like, nobody likes him. Like, I kind of feel like if you were going to go on the path you were before, you're going to end up in a frat house, like, chugging beer and raping women, like. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I just, there wasn't enough sympathy, like, gotten for that character to begin with. Yeah, I felt none of that. Um, so, there's that. Um and I feel like um, the lack of empathy for that character, plus how all of a sudden he was like talking to Allison, it totally distracted me from anything that resembled uh, like a coherent story. Because mm-hmm. all of a sudden, when they're talking, I'm reminded of Spider-Man. Which which Spider-Man? The one with. Um, with um toby mcguire yeah that, that's the sam Raimi spider spider movies mm-hmm. yeah i remember you said that um addy matichuk that she looked she kind of looked like kirsten dunce like the way they were shooting her not it wasn't that she looked like her it was uh. like i i felt her like mm. that same like i love you but you're not you know i'm unhappy right now everything sucks Blah, 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 blah. Like, I, I need a project, and you're the project. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Like, how everyone hated Kirsten Dunst in that movie. A lot of yeah. people did. Yeah, back then, because people were like, people were like, Mary Jane's supposed to be attractive, or I'm supposed to be attracted towards Mary Jane. And I guess Sam Raimi was like, whatever decisions he made, he made, he made it to get Kirsten Dunst. And obviously now that's people's opinions on that character, has, or that choice has changed over time. Mm-hmm. Go on. But yeah, I, just, I feel like she's just like, she's a teenager mm. in an annoying way. Yeah. And it's like, <clears throat> when, when, when we had mentioned, when I had mentioned earlier about how these characters are like written poor, well, how we talked about how these characters are written poorly in the non-spoiler section, you know, I mean that in the sense of like her character went through a lot. Her character had dealt with like the death of her mother. And and the death of her father. And, oh, and the death of her father. The death of uh, like uh, her friend. I think her father. Oh yeah, the, the the death of her friend. The death of her boyfriend. The death of her boyfriend's dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Halloween Kills. Um, you would think that she'd be like super suspicious about the people around her. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost like they just. It's. I feel like. And this goes back to what I said earlier about, like, you could have replaced this movie and put it at the beginning. I feel like 
I feel like the people behind it, the writers behind it, were like, let's kind of like restart this movie. We should have started like this, mm-hmm. which I think is ridiculous because they had, I believe they had planned to already make this a trilogy when Halloween 2018 came out. They mm-hmm. were like, oh, this is part of a trilogy. And it's like, okay, then you should have started it with this one first. Then you could have had the, the big build up to the climactic battle, to the confrontation mm-hmm. between Laurie and Michael. Also, mm-hmm. um, the I forgot what I was going to say now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Frank over at Screen Geek, he he his his he's of the opinion that like both the like, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends should have never been made. That they should have ended at Halloween, where Michael Myers is in the basement, mm. like supposedly going to catch on fire and everything. He said, like, if they ended like that, that would have been a great ending. Yeah. Because that would have been, like, Strode has, like, Laura Strode has got her revenge. Myers is dead. Or, you know, or you think he's dead and, you know, like, is he or isn't he type? Yeah. Um, I remember what I was going to say now. Okay. At any point during these movies, did you think that... It was Lori's fault that Michael was coming after oh, her. Oh, no, no. And they were, like, really hard in on that, too, with, with this movie. That was one of the things that bothered me. It was, like, like in Halloween 2018, her granddaughter was, like, like, I love you, Grandma. Like, they have a connection, obviously. Yeah. And then in Halloween Kills, like, she's kind of lost like the granddaughter is a little bit yeah and she's more angry because like oh myers like came after my mom they killed my dad they came after he came after my grandma so like now i'm, I'm gonna hunt his ass down yeah mm-hmm. which i'm like okay that makes sense and then all of a sudden in the in halloween ends she's blaming her grandmother oh it's your fault because you know like it's you you had to taunt him or whatever and, and somebody else said that too like yeah, there was like two other, there there was um that one the one lady who got the fluorescent light shoved in her neck mm-hmm. in Halloween kills. Yeah. How I don't, like one of the biggest surprises is that she survived. And she shows up her sister shows up in Halloween ends and, and the sister's like you tempted that boy Myers to kill those people. Yeah. Which is like what? <laughs> <laughs> like if you're going to do victim blaming that probably would have worked in the first movie if you had like if you wanted to start saying something. Mm-hmm. But it was almost like a throwaway, like oh yeah yeah victim blame. Let's put that in there too. All right, cool. And then that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like her granddaughter too was like yeah um I hate you you know blah blah blah. Yeah exactly. So she decides to go date this guy who's clearly a piece of shit, and you know she's smarter than that. But for whatever reason, yeah. she's still doing it, and it's like, it, yeah. like it just doesn't read well. And well, and it also doesn't read well because clearly that something's wrong with the kid. But not only, not only is the daughter like, I'm going to date this guy, but that Lori was like, oh, I'm gonna introduce this strange kid to my daughter, whose mother was murdered. Mm-hmm. Who like I've been protecting her be- from psychos and stuff like that, which I doesn't make sense. I think that for the was character. supposed to like show her growth, like. She's really let it go. If it was, it was done very poorly. But at the same time, like, the, the next time Lori sees him, she's looking at him funny, like, I, I feel Michael on you. Yeah. And then 
another the next time after that she felt even more strongly about it and it's weird because it's like that's not how it works like that's not believable yeah and and that's the thing she wasn't it because it because it it kind of happened so fast to the point where i almost forgot that scene even happened yeah um one thing speaking of speaking of stuff happening so fast it feels like there was a plot that was skimmed over real quick and involved the radio station oh yeah yeah there was like this whole thing with the uh, and once again somebody somebody trying to say oh Myers probably killing because the because Laurie Strode like teased him or something like that. Like they, 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 it keeps it keeps coming up. Yeah. Like they're trying to they're trying to make a point and hit you over the head with it, but like they're like missing, missing <laughs> hitting you in the head. Like they got a like a big fish and they're like ah and they're missing every swing at it and shit. Mm. But yeah, there's that whole there's that whole part with like with the radio station. Like there was something I guess going on with them and Corey at one point mm-hmm. and it feels like that there's an entire scene that would lead to the idea why Corey would want to kill kill it um oh because the issue is is that the dj had a loud fucking mouth right and he was yeah. always talking shit about okay halloween's around you know what that means lock your doors blah 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 yeah but he was also bringing up shit about Corey and like oh like you're a piece of shit because you killed that kid. You did it on purpose, huh? And like, did that it, happen during the movie? Yeah. Fuck! I just I must have just zoned out. That's on that. how he was like attacking him outside of that, um, outside of the radio station. Yeah. And then that kind of comes back later because guess what? The radio station's on fire. Yeah, because like, because like now Corey, who where, <laughs> somehow gets the Michael Myers power powers. Like taking, fast travel? Yeah, the fast travel by taking the mask and everything. I know. <laughs> which makes no, you know, which does the whole, tra- it's like, it's, it does this whole transfer of power thing, which is like, wait, what is any of that? That's not even the first time that I feel gypped by this movie mm. where Michael Myers is concerned because people are feeling attacked already mm. at that bar and it was some random fucking like person from the mental hospital you like what the guy who got in the car that's the second one Halloween oh, i'm getting them all <laughs> fucking confused no but like cory cory is assaulted in the bar and it's the mother of the kid that he accidentally killed it, well so okay so yeah. then anyways those two films then have something in common because mm. in the second one mm. they're like half of the movie they're running around ripping their hair out and it's not even Michael Myers, it's this guy, and they're just scared over nothing, kind of. Even yeah. though Michael Myers is killing, they haven't connected the dots. And then in this one, it's like, we want to see Michael Myers, and they're like, no, Corey's going to do all the killing. Yeah, exactly. And right? I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, didn't you guys have a mob mentality when you mistaken when you mistaken the, the killer in Halloween Kills? Like, what, hap- what, hap- what happened to that energy? What happened to that mob mentality energy? You know, even though I hated it, <laughs> I know, but it's like make it consistent. Yeah, like and and it's 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 so ridiculous because like it does come up in the most stupidest way where Myers gets a percussion, like when they go when they finally get rid of the body, he gets a percussion. Yeah, Myers oh. Myers gets a percussion. Okay, you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-mm. 
that scene where after like Lori, after Lori and Allison have like finally killed him, and and the cops come in and everything like that, and mm-hmm. they're like, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna take the body away. Like we're gonna the the premise hinting like we're gonna like take it and like dispose of the body. Mm-hmm. And what somebody's like, that's not how we do things. And the black that black cop with the cowboy cop who's in who's in Halloween. 2018 Halloween kills is like tonight. No, he says that's not how we do things. He says tonight that is or some shit like that. And remember they like they <laughs> they strap Myers on the hood of the car mm. <laughs> like a dead animal, like a deer. <laughs> they just burnt and like everybody like, follows them. Oh, you're saying procession? Oh, procession. That's Sorry. why I was like a percussion. He My got bad. a drum. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> why you get a drum? Do do do. Coming for you, Lori. Oh shit! He's the master. I know. He's he's got his own. He's making his own theme song. Like after he's <laughs> chasing after people. He's the other uh, time lord. <laughs> <laughs> you hear the drums coming. Um, yeah, it's a procession. Sorry, thank you. Uh, a procession. How he gets a procession? <laughs> well, actually, hold up. Let me just take a pause on that. The confrontation between Myers. And Strode, Lori Strode's, right? Mm-hmm. I did kind of like that. That's another thing I did kind of like because I'm like, this is this is what I wanted from this movie. Mm-hmm. I wanted that that fight, right? Yeah. And like, I'm not saying like that fight should have been like an hour or something like that or 30, 40 minutes or something like that. But it could have been bits of like, they're going after each other back and forth. Like, yeah. essentially, Haddonfield, Illinois, it's like their battlefield. Yeah, you know, and I'm saying like she has to have machine guns, but just the idea that like they're going at it, both mm-hmm. of them and shit like that, trying to figure out how to like kill each other and everything, the cat and mouse kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. It would have been great if that if that more played out throughout this movie instead, instead of like let's worry about this Corey character. Yeah, you know, we like we fucking take the Corey character out, like just drop it. Yeah, like just get rid of the character. Not just that, but um, the one other thing that bothered me about Corey uh-huh. was um, <laughs> that's squeak. I know the shower. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't remember again. Well, I'm, until you remember, I'll, I'll go back on my rant. Um, oh, okay. So yeah. Oh, I remember. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um. His fucking mother and father, like, it it was almost like a fucking comedy show. Or, yes. you know, like, her, his mother is, like, the stereotypical, like, over overprotective, like... Overbearing. Jewish mother or some shit. Yeah. Like, she came across as, like, everything that, like, film people, like, the studios wanted you to believe about Jewish mothers. Oh, like an over-exaggeration of, yeah. like... Okay, I get what you're saying, I get what you're saying. Um, and they don't bring Judaism up at all. But I'm just saying, like, she's that. She has that kind of energy. Yeah, she's, and the father is like uh, already checked out, basically. Yeah, he does say he says something like, "I hope you find love." Yeah, like <laughs> what? <laughs> what the? F- what? <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous. That's what I had to say. Um. So so back to the confrontation between the two. So I I did enjoy the confrontation. I 
can understand how she was able to like get the upper hand on him because he because Myers is pretty weak in this point, you know. Oh, which is like it's so it's so dumb. It's hold on before I, that scene. That's it's so fucking stupid. Where like the kid, where Corey's like, show me how to do it, like how you do it, right? Mm-hmm. And he like he has that that cop. He's like holding him down, and Myers like stabs a dude, and Corey's like, oh, like. <laughs> That's how you do it. You stab him. Okay. <laughs> that shit was so dumb. But anyway. If I was him, I'd be terrified that the guy was going to stab the guy that's laying on top of me so hard oh, that like it would through come it. through. Yeah, right? Like, the knife wasn't small. Yeah. Um, but, like, how... Um, Strode... Lori Strode is, like has a conversation with them and everything in, in the kitchen. And I thought that, that was pretty, I thought that was pretty good. Like they're going back and forth and stuff like that. Like I said, that's, that's what I was looking for. That's what I wanted. Um, I, I did think it was pretty funny how she had him like, she finally had him pinned down like with like knife. She was like, she like stabbed him in the chest. She stabbed him in both hands and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And then how she like grabbed the fridge to like drop it on his knee. But it kind of just kind of hit his shin. Yeah. At that moment, I thought <laughs> I thought she was going to get on top of the fridge and like elbow drop him. I know, it did look like that. <laughs> um, it, I mean, it would have fit fine because the rest of the movie is a joke anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like that whole part, like I was enjoying that. Um, and like I said, I wanted more of it. Um, and then, of course, he, he gets the procession, right? This is called a procession. Procession. Perse- mm-hmm. Is it per or pra? Pro. Procession. procession okay he gets a proset procession and how everybody is like following this character like like i said they got him tied to the to the roof of the car not the hood the roof of the car <laughs> like they just killed a deer they killed a serious stack yes this is the one we got um and they get they definitely kill myers they they put him in that grinder mm. like ko like that's it right mm-hmm. um from from what I've heard, uh, and from what I heard and what I read, this is like Jamie Lee Curtis's last movie in Halloween. And this is the last time we are going to get anything of Laurie Strode and Michael Myers. Period. Which right. isn't to say that we're never going to get another Halloween movie. That's what I was going to say. I think, I think they could still, they'll probably still do another Halloween movie. Um... I think I read somewhere that like the guy, his name is like Mustaka Abdul or something like that. Like he's he, like the name always pops up like da 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 presents and it shows like Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. I think I saw somewhere that like that dude like has to keep making these movies, in some form or fashion. Really? Yeah, like to hold on to the rights. Oh, I think it's something like that. I could I could be wrong on that, but. They could go the route that that John Carpenter originally wanted with uh, Halloween Three: Season of the Witch, which is to make it to make it an anthology series. Mm-hmm. They could they could go with that route, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were just like, yeah, we'll just do like another slasher film. But his name is not Michael Myers; it's Barry Dryers or some shit, <laughs> some shit like that. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's just my guess. But um, I mean, all in all, like. They ended the movie. They ended the trilogy on this, and I'm just—I was just sorely, sorely disappointed with that. I was kind of mad at it. Oh, really? 
like, like, um, not like a beasting kind of mad, but like, um, like I got cut off in traffic kind of mad. Mm -hmm. It was annoying. Did you tell people to check this out? No. (laughs) Yeah, just, just go with Halloween 2018 and stop there. Yeah. That's it. Or if you want to do Halloween kills, go there, stop there. (laughs) But that's about it. Yeah. Um, all right, is that it? Yep. All right, what do we got? Yep. Next, we're going to do our variety time. So, Mark is going to go over the legend of Halloween 6. The troubled production of it. Yeah, so I have... Sorry, folks. Um, so I, after watching the first Halloween movie, the 1978 version, um, I have been on this Halloween kick. Now I've gone. Now I've seen part three already. I've seen part three like years ago. Um, I've seen Halloween two. Now, now these Halloween movies I've seen sporadically growing up, p- bits and pieces. They were like on TNT, a- AMC. They were on these different channels and whatever. But they were like out of order. Like I've seen the Halloween one, and then oh crap, there's like Halloween four. It came on like a week later, and I would watch that or something. Like I just find it somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just kind of been in this mood of like, well, let me go check out these Halloween movies and just kind of like compare them and stuff like that. And I, I think we were gonna watch them together, but we kind of ran out of time. Yeah, yeah, and I tell you the truth, I really, I really want to sit down. I like, I'm down and watch them again, and just watch them with you because I really want to get your take on like two, three, four, five, and six, um, especially six, which we're going to be talking about. <laughs> um, so I came across Halloween Six. I remember seeing that movie 20 years ago, maybe even longer than that, right? Um, and just being like, what the fuck is this? Like, even as a, as a teenager, I'm like, what is, why? Why is this movie existing, right? Um, so I found a couple of articles, which I'm going to read of, about the troubled production off of Halloween 6. Now, the first article I'm going to read from, it's, it's from Horror Geek Like. I mean, sorry, HorrorGeekLife.com. And the title of the article is The Thorny Production of Halloween The Curse of Michael Myers. That is Halloween 6. This was published by Katie Moyer. Uh, in September of 2020. Um, so one of the things that the article simulates is that how the character from five, Jamie is now older and is having, is having a kid. It's in the midst of labor. Right. But like when the girl, but when, when the movie starts, you, you couldn't tell that it's her. Like there, there's a part where the character goes like, uncle, don't take my baby away. Right. I guess meaning Michael Myers, but like you, you would you couldn't tell if that was her or not, if that was the same actress or not. But apparently it wasn't the same actress, right? And it was also like, wait, why is Josh from Clueless, you know, why is Paul Rudd in, in this movie? Um, so the article, right? So the article says uh, it was gorier than the previous films, um, but it made less scares and just more just being grossed out um there were tons of flashy fast cut transitions even for the most innocuous scenes the soundtrack was atrocious leaving out the classic theme in favor of a modern grudge cheese that part is true 
one of the things that Halloween has a go for is that John Carpenter soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It's it, it always fucking bangs. Like you hear that shit during Halloween. Like during the season of Halloween, mm-hmm. people are like, <clears throat> I'm gonna make my house spookier, so I'm gonna make the I'm gonna make the I'm gonna play the Halloween soundtrack. Right. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking good. So like, were, I feel like Trent Reznor might as well have written that. I can picture that. Yeah. I can picture that. Yeah. Especially like, the little, uh, the updated sound with a little more bass in it. Mm-hmm. Definitely sounds like Trent Reznor to me. You got to check out, um, I, I forgot what they're called. Uh, John Carpenter's, sound, his actual soundtracks that he's made for, um, not for his movies, but just, uh, like f- for like, just for the fuck of it. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. I want to remember the name of the album. I want to write down the album. Oh, they're, they're called Lost Themes. And okay. They, yeah, there's Lost Themes. There's He's done about... Looks like he's done about several of them. <clears throat> but he's done Lost Themes, Lost Themes 2, and then Lost Themes 3, Alive, uh, After Death. Um, those themes are... Those sound, those soundtracks are actually pretty bad. And like I said, they're not for any movies whatsoever. They're just him making soundtrack, making songs for like whatever, whatever reason he wants to do. Mm-hmm. So several questions come up about Halloween 6. Why are we in an occult basement? Why is Michael stalking this random family? Where's Michael t- for half of this movie? Which is true. He's not even really much in the movie. Why is Michael attacking these doctors? Um, so skip down a little bit and the article goes, The problems with the curse started before the previous film even wrapped. In, in an attempt to ensure the co- continuation of a waning franchise, Halloween 5 raised more questions than it answered. A mysterious tattoo on Michael's wrist became a focal point alluding to the origins of his source of power. A dog-kicking, spur-wearing man in black taunted the corners of the story and busts Michael out of jail. Now, this happens in part 5. Mm-hmm. That All that does happen. And it's really like, what the fuck is any of this, <laughs> right? Um, and writers did not care to return. So the writers did not care to return for the next installment. So the inclu- inclusion of these set pieces was left for, oh, his name is Mustafa Akata, to sort with the their next production team. Having taken a departure from Halloween 4, Akata put this series on hold until he could find the right voices to resurrect his franchise. Luckily, screenwriter Daniel uh, Farinens, uh was an avid, even obsessive, uh, fan of the Halloween series. He came prepared with binders of lore connecting everything from from the young Tommy Doyle to the dietric uh, cult oh sorry dr- Drudic Drudic cult powers introduced in Halloween 3. Okay. Now remember Halloween 3 has nothing to do with any of these movies. Mm-hmm. But I see he's taking bits and pieces of it. Right? Yeah. Um, he had timelines and family trees for both the Myers and Stroh's family and extensive research on Thorn derived from Celtic Thurisaws, meaning giants, and representing a weapon of protection and violence, all of which Ferenc planned to explore in his Part 6 script. Part, like I said, Part 6 just goes way over, like, in, like, theories and, like, weird shit, okay? Mm -hmm. But Akata had let the rights to Halloween lapse in the inter... uh, in the, in the interim, which led to a bidding war between series originator John Carpenter, who had aligned himself with New Line Cinema, and the Weinstein Dimension Weinstein's company Dimension Films. Um, in a closed bid, New Line simply couldn't meet Akata, and producer Paul Freeman went with Weinstein, bringing uh, Farinens and fledging director Joe Chap- Chappell uh, with them. 
Dimension was a much more mainstream studio than Akata and Freeman had previously worked with, collapsing uh, a lot of the previous freedom that they had been afforded by previous studios. They had the ear of the young director whose career they could make to break could make or break simply by how much he listened to them okay so they're already like like they, you know free and um i'm sorry yeah okay um uh, joe chapel pretty much was like told what the fuck to do mm-hmm. right from these producers which if you've seen halloween six you'll see you'll understand like wait so that explains a lot Mm-hmm. Okay, producer Freeman found Chapel after uh, seeing Thieves Quartet, nineteen ninety three, his first feature with a strong style and sense of empowerment as a young director. But he was um, imper- uh, imperishable and easily manipulated by the studio. Akata believed in the script Farinan had penned, and as did the cast. Donald Plesson, um <laughs> recounted. What's so sorry? His last name made me think of Snake Pliskin. Uh, P-L-E-A, I'm probably saying, saying it wrong, but P-L-E-A-S-E-N-C-E. Pleasance. 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 <laughs> Pleasance. Snake Pleasance. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Pleasance recounted in an onset interview that the script was one of the best he had read, not limiting the comment on the Halloween franchise, which says a lot about the script's potential. That makes sense because a lot of the scripts are, are super fucking thin. Mm-hmm. During shooting, however, the word on set was more gore, more quick inserts, more MTV style, and less of an as- at- atmospheric, eerie, slow draw that made the Halloween, the original Halloween so special. So the original title of The Curse of Michael Myers was actually going to be called Halloween 666, The Origin of Michael Myers. <laughs> Which ending would you prefer, The Curse of Michael Myers or... 666 <laughs> Halloween 666 The Curse of Michael Myers <laughs> When Curse went into the process of test screening audience were unimpressed the wine scenes in chapel stepped in insisting the problem was clearly pacing intensity and intensity audiences supposedly wanted action grew and grunge This is the 90s Reshoots began but Akata and Freeman were not convinced um, So far Akata um, having held production for Every previous installment wanted to shoot more of Farida's original script. The battle would eventually become legal with Akata attempting an injunction on the film's release, but even the lawyers weren't on his side, ultimately telling him to just let it go. It's over. Oh, my God. (laughs) Even the lawyers are like, stop it. Just stop it, man. All right, so Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers was released September 29, 1995, grossed $7.3 million in the opening weekend. And it was a better opening uh, compared to 4 and 5, but only came in second after David Fincher's 7. It closed barely doubling those results at $15 million on a $5 million budget. Um, Critically, it was panned. Note it was the absence of simple brutality in favor of a convoluted plot over the top uh, mysticism and force-fed shock effects. It became a prime example of why, when it comes to horror, less explanation is better. So what happened was that there was bootleg versions of this movie, okay? Because there were there were rumors that there was a what's called a producer's cut, okay? Mm. So the bootleg variations from the original test screens traveled VHS on YouTube, grainy and unfocused, that it glimpsed a film that, for one thing, made sense from the original release. Um, eventually, what happened was that anchor 
Anchor Bay Entertainment partner with Scream Factory um, to fully restore the movie and what's now called the producer's cut. Which brings us into the second part of this article. I'm sorry, second part of this variety time. Um, I found this article from Screen Rant called Halloween 6, Difference Between the Original and the Producer's Cut Explained. Now, I've, I've, in the time of, the time before this recording, I've actually rewatched 6, right? It's fucking atrocious. Mm -hmm. It is really, really bad. Okay. So this version, eventually released in a finished print on disc, is marked markedly markedly different from the theatrical version. The main difference between the two is the heavy presence of the Thorn cult and its influence on Myers. Um, The treatment of Jamie in this version played by actress J.C. Brady is also handled in a different way, giving her more screen time and altering her escape. There are minor changes throughout the first half of the film, but the major narrative shifts happens at the last third. The version I saw was the original version. It wasn't the producer's cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can say this because the Jamie character is not that much in the movie. Oh, She's okay. in it for about maybe like maybe like 10 or 15 minutes before they, they dispatch the character. Mm-hmm. Um, in the theatrical release, Jamie is pursued by Myers after escaping the cult and is pushed into the blades of a corn thresher and killed. In the pea cut, she is stabbed but survives and is taken to a nearby hospital. Her stay at the hospital is um, is the impetus for Loomis returning of Donald... How do you say his name again? Pleasance. Pleasance. To come and see her. Loomis showing up at the hospital and seeing Tommy. Now, Paul Rudd plays Tommy Doyle. Tommy Doyle, if people need a reminder, is the kid who Laurie Strode watched in the first Halloween movie. Mm. Okay, so so Tommy Doyle becomes very obsessed with the whole Michael Myers. So the article continues, makes more sense in the P-cut about Tommy Doyle showing up... uh, Tommy Doyle showing up and Lumen seeing him. Jamie is soon shot in the head by the man in black while recuperating a sad and fur character art, but better than being mercilessly chopped up by farm equipment. She is also given a flashback sequence which reveals details such as her Uncle Myers being her child's father. What the fuck? I know, right? And at least it's it's at least somewhat interesting. Um, the article continues. About how the producer's cut dug deeper into the corn of thron- a thorn. Uh, T-H-O-R-N? Thorn, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not like you said the corn of thorn. <laughs> I know, the corn of thorn. I almost said thron, too. The, <laughs> the cult of thorn. The thorn cult is explored a bit further than the pea cut, including the fact that Myers is basically a slave to their bedding. The cult also has a relationship with the stars and can manipulate them for their nefarious purposes. Aside from several alternate takes and small pieces of dialogue, the P-Cut's last half hour is what sets it apart from the butchered theatrical print. Kara, played by Maureen Hagen, is kidnapped and taken by the cult to Smooth Grove in both versions. Most of the action that proceeds was reshot after Pleasance had died, so his participation was limited. What transpires in the P-Cut is much more coherent, though Loomis is still strangely underuse once tommy and loomis arrive at smooth i'm smooth (laughs) smith's growth they break up okay they go their separate ways tommy searches for kara 
and or sorry, Kara. And Loomis goes to confront Doctor Wen. Uh, Dark Shadows Mitchell Ryan. Dark Wen. Dark Wen. Doctor Wen is the dude who ends up becoming the Man in Black. Um, the unprovoked massacre of the cult th- um, Thorn members is not in the PC cut, nor is Myers' demise. Instead, in the original ending, Tommy uses the runes to stop Myers, which carries more weight given the plot, but it's not visually engaging. The rather ambiguous ending to the theatrical release with Loomis yelling off camera is bettered in the P cut. Loomis finds Myers' body on the floor, but discovers it's Dr. Wynn, who transfers the mark of Thorn to Loomis. As the doctor screams in recognition, Myers disguises when Men in Black leaves Smith's Grove. And then that's how the movie ends. Mm. Which, reading this and then watching that movie, I much, much prefer the producer's cut. Because it makes a whole lot sense. Um, that Halloween 6 watch, rewatch, was a hard watch. Mm. Like, I kept coming in and out of the room. I kept doing stuff. I was like, I'll get to this later. I'll get to this later. (laughs) (laughs) And it just got progressively, progressively worse. Yeah. So are you going to watch it with me? Yeah. (laughs) He gave this look like... (sighs) Yeah. to do our geriatric cinematic of John Carpenter's Halloween. Halloween night. A small American town. 15 years ago. Eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. I think he'll come back. This film came out in 1978, and the synopsis is... Fifteen years after murdering his sister on Halloween night, 1963, Michael Myers escapes from a mental hospital and returns to the small town of Haddonfield, Illinois, to kill again. Directed and written by John Carpenter, it's also written by Deborah Hill, and it stars Donald Pleasance, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Nick Castle. So, Halloween, 1978. Hmm. Not a fan of this movie. No. I get it. I get why people love Halloween, why they love the franchise. It really it really kickstarted the whole slasher genre in 1978. At least I I think it did. And there have been a number of copycats and other franchises that were built off the back of Halloween. Um However, still don't really care about it too much, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, but no one really gives a shit about my opinion. The most important thing is, what does Kelsey think about it? Uh, kind of unimpressed. Okay. Um, I can kind of tell this is one of John Carpenter's earlier films. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was distracted because it was kind of weird casting to have Jamie Lee Curtis at that age. Because she's supposed to be like, I don't know, like 17 or something. Yeah, 16, 17 years old. And she's like 19. But yeah. by that time, she already has kind of like a really deep voice. So like yeah. it, it doesn't, it just kind of takes you out of it. Like no one sounded like that back then. That, that like, it, it, she has a great scream and she's not a bad actor in that role. I'm just saying like how she sounds, it took me out of it a few times. No, I can see that. Okay. Um, and there's a whole lot of nothing happening for most of the film. <laughs> like a lot, maybe a couple horny teenagers, but mm. you don't really see anything. Ha ha ha. I'm going to do this on Halloween. What are you doing? Smoke a little bit, blah, 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 mm. blah. And it's like, okay, like get to the fucking point. Well, yeah. I mean, this, this movie is, this movie is a slow, it is a slow burn um, for a good part of it. There are the kills that happen, but like they are few and far between. But I don't, I don't really have anything against that, especially because of that time mm. where uh, the budget was a lot smaller than what's considered uh, standard budgets for horror films now. Um, or, but yet we watch Joe Bob, and there are lots of films that are pretty great on shoestring budgets. That is true. That is very true. Um, I believe this is like. I believe this was like John Carpenter's third film um, in, in his very long, successful career. Um, and I would say, too, that the fact that uh, this film is a slow burn, to me, it's like even the ones that are a slow burn usually have something interesting happening, even if it is slow. Hmm. Um, I feel like this one's like a slow burn, like a cigarette that went out. Oh, really? Or, like, is burning up one side of the cigarette. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, yeah, so I was right. This is his third film. His two previous was Assault and Precinct 13 and Dark Star. Um, but he he had a lot of experience doing short films. That's the thing. This movie looks like it would have come off as, as an idea for a short film. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, no, let's expand on it. Let's make it like, instead of like maybe 15 minutes, let's make it like a whole hour and a half, mm-hmm. you know, of like this kind of stalking uh, shape, this this murderous person and shit like that. Yeah. Um, he just stands on one side of a bush. <laughs> and then yeah, he's one like point. Yeah. driving around. Yeah, Nobody's yeah. wondering why the fuck he's driving around. I know, wearing a mask. Yeah, and he's driving around wearing a mask, and he's in a he's in a vehicle that's uh, from a hospital. Yeah, from the <laughs> mental hospital. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, what's your overall thoughts on let's let's just go with uh, John Carpenter's directing? What do you think of his directing for this movie? I I'm gonna say that I didn't quite like it because mm. the pacing was not good. Mm. Um, he kind of fails at making you feel any kind of fear or worry for the characters. Mm. Um, And, and, you know, up until the climax at the end, obviously, but for the rest of the film, you're just kind of like, 
if I wanted to stand around on, you know, outside, I could yeah. just stand around outside. I don't need to watch somebody else do it. I get what you're saying. Yeah, because like it takes it takes a while for it to like really kind of pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it, but like I feel like when it does, it's like holy shit. Like this is like some real terror shit like going on. Um, I felt like I do feel like it could have that could have been used a little bit more, like peppered around here and there and stuff like that. I think so too. Really would have sold me on the climax on the end. I guess. Yeah. At the end, I really, I think, the whole movie was so. Um, there just wasn't anything happening by the time something did happen i was already kind of checked out now um i'm gonna play devil's advocate here mm-hmm. do you feel because i now correct me if i'm wrong this 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 was indeed your very first time watching halloween right mm-hmm. when i when i showed it to you okay any now, halloween film i've never seen a single one okay okay so with that being said um I've shown you other John Carpenter's films before this. You've seen Big Trouble in Little China. Mm-hmm. You've seen The Thing. Um, Assault on Precinct 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, Escape from New York. Um, oh, They Live. Mm-hmm. So you already got kind of a high bar with John Carpenter films. Because you, you already see like, oh, I see the potential with this guy. I see like he's very inventive with his, his directing. Mm-hmm. Correct? Do you think that might have tainted your look? at at halloween no okay his other films weren't slashers they Mm. they could be horror Mm. um and if you take the thing for example he was really able to put tension into that film right yeah and that's and that is honestly that is really slow as well but like you feel the tension mm -hmm. in the air with the thing exactly Mm. um so I didn't really have a high bar because I'm like, this is a, a Halloween movie. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to see what happens because I, I really, I haven't even heard that much about it. Like you didn't, you didn't really go on any big rants about it. Like you usually do. Oh, for Halloween. Mm-hmm. I think because I have, I have my look at Halloween and I'm not very, like I said, the, you're not very keen on it. I'm not very keen on it. Like I know, and I know how obviously, there is a fan base if there has been several Halloween sequels, one reboot and another reboot mm-hmm. that that has happened within 10, 15 year, uh, 10 or 15 years span. Um, so obviously, like, there's a fan base behind it. But I just feel that, like, it's just not my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that, that doesn't take away how I think, like, this movie definitely did something of its time like i i understand i can appreciate it i can appreciate it of of that error but in terms of like now holding up i'm just kind of like all right i guess so you know whatever not really feeling it too much i'm, I'm definitely not gonna shit on it i don't yeah I'm, I'm not gonna shit on it like i don't think that there's anything wrong with the movie mm-hmm. it's a movie and like it's not laughable uh um which i think i think after halloween three i think all the i think those movies are just comedies now i think cadence wasn't cadence watching something cadence was your your youngest daughter had watched the second one with me four and i think some of five mm, and she was laughing 
yeah she thought like some of it was actually pretty hilarious like she didn't feel scared about, but mind you she's watched pinhead i mean she's watched she's watched the hellraiser and was like nah, all right whatever <laughs> she was laughing at that <laughs> <laughs> something's wrong with that girl <laughs> um anything to say about the writing um I think the writing is kind of of its time, but in a way, mm-hmm. he made the characters um, like relatable. Uh-huh. Like, I could kind of see Laurie Strode like she has friends, she has a life, but she still kind of goes her own way, and like um, she's responsible, but at the same time, she still is a teenager and likes to have fun. Like. Mm-hmm. I got a sense that, like, she's a well-rounded character, mm-hmm. and, um, like, I could get a sense of her world. I totally agree with you with that, about, like, the the writing. The, the writing is a lot better in this one than, obviously, in the in the later ones, because, like I said, they progressively get worse over time. Um, yeah, because you kind of, you, you kind of feel what, what, Lori is going through mm-hmm. especially like she's because she's in the dark for most of it most of the time yeah you know she is like someone's following me but like i i just don't know who or like why or anything like that yeah right? and like people are like oh it's just your imagination she's like all right it's my imagination yeah just gaslighting her yeah <laughs> um but yeah like in terms of the writing of like of developing that character i think i think and i think that's one that's one of the reasons why people are so attracted to this movie because of like oh like the writing is like something about the Lori Stroh character that just brings people to like watch her try to survive to be like the final girl and stuff like that and how she like continuously gets away by the skin of her teeth mm-hmm. like repeatedly and shit like that like Michael has been successful with killing these other kids but her just like barely every single time and I think that makes it um I think that that's contributed to the writing. And I think that it, that's even contributed. Well, no, I don't think. Um, I know it's contributed because of John Carpenter's directing, where I feel like he had more of a grasp of like what he was trying to do, especially like later on in the movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like his directing got a lot better um, after after, after like a good while the movie had played out. I think probably part partly that's mm-hmm. because all that other stuff in the film Mm-hmm. With uh, Michael Myers stalking Laurie, yeah, was fluff. I think really the meat and yeah. potatoes of his original idea that might have been a short that he adapted, yeah, was when Michael and Laurie are struggling with each other. Yeah, and her her kind of like getting getting the bit of news like trickle down that like wait where's my friend? Where what happened? We're mm-hmm. supposed to meet up. They disappear and like kind of bit by bit like. Because we're we're the audience who are like, your friend's dead. Like you almost want to be like screaming at the TV, like your friend's fucking dead. Like somehow try to get out of the house, but you know, obviously she's mm-hmm. like, what? What's going on? And everything. Yeah. And not playing it like in a dumb kind of way, like in a like in a realistic way that that like there's no cell phones. You know, this is like this is of an era where the phone was the house phone and that was it, mm-hmm. and you had to hear about it, what's going on, like either hours later or days later. Um, and then you're kind of like in this box with Laurie Schroen. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to help her, but you can't. And you see that fear that's slowly like building up, like the the 
the ensuing tidal wave that's just coming. That's Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that's how I was seeing it. Yeah, that's how I see it too. <laughs> you were saying that you know you're in a box with Laurie Strode, but you can't help her. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, we're Patrick Swayze from Ghost. I'm Patrick Swayze. <laughs> yeah, I thought you're gonna. I thought you're gonna go. What's his name? I think it's called like Schrader's Box or something like that. The one with oh, the, Schrodinger's Box. Yeah, I thought you're gonna go that route, like. Okay, but no, no. You're but, alive and dead at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> she she's alive and dead at the same time. We just don't know which one. You hear meow. Like, all right, never <laughs> mind. <laughs> Technically, Laurie Strode is alive and dead at the same time. How so? Because she's not a real person, but oh, she's played by a real person. Oh my god! Okay, all right, you got me there. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, you have anything else to add? Um, no. No? Okay, so, all in all, do you think this film, do you think this film still holds up? No. No? Um. I think it was important, mm-hmm. but I don't think it holds up. I was just about to say that. I totally agree with you on that. Like, I think, yeah, I do, I, I'm of the same way of Kelsey. I think this movie is very important. Um, I understand why there's a fandom behind it. I understand why there's been a number of sequels, a number of imitations and stuff like that. What's, it, what's that phrase? Uh, imitation is the best form of flattery. Mm-hmm. Which I think this movie, you know. You said one right. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> what's it called? An idiom, right? No, it's just a phrase. It's a phrase. Um, I do believe... I do believe this is like one of those movies that's like okay, obviously film studies, mm-hmm. like straight up and everything, right? Because you get you get a glimpse of like of the film era, you know, especially it's during the seventies, which is like my favorite era of cinema. Um, but yeah, to like today's standards, like nah, it doesn't really hold up. Mm. You just gotta sit there and be like, all right, he's coming, he's coming. Ah, oh, he killed somebody, and he's on to the next person. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and then that's just the yeah, movie. Yeah, but like he seems to be killing people in like a vacuum. Because yeah, right. nobody just seems to be knowing yeah. that anyone's being killed at all. Well, I mean, he's killing people in the vacuum. Plus, he has fast travel. He yeah. just shows up here and there and everywhere. <laughs> Sounds like a kid's rhyme. Like a nursery rhyme. Uh, here, there, and everywhere. Yeah, Michael Myers in your hair. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to give you a big scare. I'm going to go ahead and end it with that one <laughs> before I mess it up. And then you'll beat him with a chair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and it was that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, um, I don't I don't think it holds up, but I think it is very important. It is a very important piece of cinema. Um, and, you know, if you want to kind of get, if, if you haven't watched it, obviously, you know, Kelsey is one of the people who haven't watched it. You definitely check it out because you want to know why this is the thing. You know, why Freddy is a thing. Why Jason is a thing. Why is Michael Myers a thing? Mm-hmm. You definitely want to find out. Um Definitely don't start with those if you haven't seen them. Which one? Oh, uh, Freddie Freddy or Jason? Oh, like start with Michael Myers? Yeah. Yeah. Because, because I think that yeah. that's the mildest of the three. <laughs> yeah. That's just ease into it. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to start with Freddie because that's like a bigger slasher. That one's pretty gory. Yeah. But also he's fucking hilarious. Those, those, I, I've, I've actually been kind of watching those Freddy Cougar movies. I, I, which one did we saw? We saw that what three? I think right. Freddy Krueger. We didn't watch any of those. I could have swore you and I. No, we no. We started on Jason. Mm-hmm. We started on Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. But going back to 
the Nightmare on Elm Street, I've seen several of those movies, right, in different orders. Mm-hmm. They're all kind of fun and stupid. <laughs> I was terrified of them up until I was eight. Oh, really? And then the next time I watched one, I was 13, and I was like, I was scared of that. Yeah, I know. I was laughing. I'm like, holy shit, these are funny. I didn't get that box set too. Mm. So we just started marathoning those movies. Yeah. Um, Anything else? Um, I want to watch all the Freddy movies with you. All right, we'll do that. Okay, that's it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So that's going to be our show for this week. We would like to thank everybody for for joining us on this week's show. Uh, We would especially like to thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner for hosting this podcast on their website. Uh, for all your film news, TV news, and reviews, go to yourentertainmentcorner.com. You can find this podcast on all podcast catchers. We're all over the place. We're fast traveling everywhere in your hair. Don't hit us with a chair, you know, like Michael Myers. And his scare. And his scare. Because uh, <laughs> he don't care. Because he's Michael Myers with that William Shatner hair. What? <laughs> the mask. It's William Shatner's mask. Is it? You didn't know that? No. Yeah, that mask is William, Sh- Sh- William Shatner's face. Oh. It was just like distorted. Gotcha. I know. Drop them bombs on you. Pow. <laughs> um, so we're going to be back next week. You're definitely going to want to join us for that for that week's show because we're going to be reviewing uh, WB's Black Adam, uh, the movie that I swore up and down did not exist. Mm-hmm. But now it's, it's coming out on Friday, October 22nd in theaters. Um. With that, we're going to do our geriatric cinematic, which is 1988's They Live. Another John Carpenter film. Yeah, but a good one. Back to back. Um, they Live is streaming. It's currently streaming on Peacock um, and is available to rent on Apple TV, YouTube TV, Amazon, and, and other VOD services. Uh, the Turpic for that week's show is Another Day, Another Wrestler Saves the World. <laughs> I love it. I know, right? You do. I'm right on that. <laughs> Um. So yeah, panic attacks. Still thinking about it. Panic attacks and wickety whacks. Their panic attacks or wickety whacks don't have a heart attack because it's just a panic attack. You giddy act. Don't talk back. <laughs> do, 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 do.